Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning and welcome back to the Daily Blitz Football Podcast. It is Monday, November 29th. We hope everybody had a wonderful, happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving holiday. It is your host, the big guy with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud at MLB Moving AVG, or just type in NFL Moving Averages into that blue bird Twitter machine. The co-host, Mr. Matt Williams, not with us today, but that should not stop you from shooting him a follow at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. I'd like to lead with a quick apology. Sorry, we just couldn't get things going for the end of the week. You know, I've got young kids. Matt has other stuff going on between the holidays, and he wasn't feeling good. We had some timing issues. We just couldn't get the big show out, but don't worry, we'll get back on track this week starting today. For all the new listeners out there, we're putting the Daily and Blitz back into the Daily Blitz podcast. I'm here every day, Monday through Friday. Matt joins us on Friday for the big one. Monday, we look back at the weekend's actions, review, picks, plays, and lineups. Tuesday, all 32 teams' injury reports and the subsequent waiver wire moves. Wednesday, the first look at the betting board. Thursday, those DFS bargain bin picks and the look at the Thursday night football game. And then Friday is the big show. We're doing it all. Make sure you carve out some time during the weekend to listen to that one. Man, the information's so good. I actually go back and listen myself. Just so much to suck up. We go through all the advanced stats, next-gen props, picks, DFS betting, even fantasy. You know how me and Matt do our thing. Let's take a look back at yesterday's action. The quality of the product in the NFL is tanking and tanking fast between injuries, buys, and parity between teams, plus refs kind of getting themselves involved. Quality of the product in the toilet, but you know, I love it. My Moneyline dog system, 0-2 in the last two weeks. Last week, really more flat than anything. This week, we did take a loss. If you're unfamiliar, you could follow my work on Twitter. It's all F-R-E-E. And when it's free, my mama said it's for me. I'm putting out four money line dog plays every single week. We pair them as a parlay with a tenth of a unit. We take a tenth of a unit against the spread. Then we take a tenth of a unit on the money line favorite reverse. Pretty good system there. Avoids the 0-4 outcome, which we haven't had this year. Yesterday, we did go 1-3. and We had Pittsburgh that got annihilated. We had the Colts disappointed at the last minute. We had Minnesota also kind of fell apart at the end they definitely had a chance to win that game and Green Bay who took care of business one of three not going to get it done but if you keep an eye on the system in the way I rock and roll I am a professional better and stay in the arena all the time two and two is a profit it's only our second losing week of the season ten and two not bad the system is still up over 20 units year to date that's how you get it done over to the DraftKings lineup I have been a little more limited as of late really just kind of being selective playing anywhere between one and three lineups, you know, in the milli, or I like smaller entry contests, even if the entry is a bit higher, I like to keep those contests down to just a couple hundred people I'm looking to win. Did do okay yesterday, broke even, because like everyone else, I had a lot of snowflakes on those pages, really, not much you could do about that. Kyle Pitts, he 
stunk. Dan Arnold, he stunk. Godwin, he stunk. McCaffrey, he stunk. Sanders, he stunk. Pittman, stunk. George Kittle, stunk. The list goes on and on and on. But I had a ton of Samuel. We did have Leonard Fournette. And if you had those two pieces, they really kind of got the job done for you. So that's just a quick look back at how we did on the betting boards yesterday. Let's dive into that action. Yesterday, Buccaneers play the Colts. Like I said, I had the Colts. It was plus three. They played them really well. Colts were up early, even maintained the lead. Buccaneers got it done. Colts defense couldn't stop them. And the Bucs D made the big stop at the end. Buccaneers get it done 38-31. to That was an excellent matchup. Two of the better teams in the league. Brady was good, not great. Not that you have to be when the running back scores three touchdowns on the ground and another one through the air. Fournette had 100 yards, three touchdowns, seven receptions of eight targets, 31 and a score. Rob Gronkowski, who we were also all overpaid the bills, catching seven of 10 for 123. He was desperately underpriced in that one. Over to the Colts, they played well. Wentz went over 300. Taylor did pretty well, 16 for 83 and a score. That's a better than five yard per carry average against a tough Buccaneer defense. Pass game was just okay. I was on Pittman a bit. He got 10 targets, only reeled in four of 53. Pass game was spread out all over the place. 10 different players had targets. 10 different players had catches. No one went over 81. That was Jack Doyle. He also tacked on a score. Colts looking really good going forward. Next up, Jets face the Texans. Jets actually pull this one off. 7-point win, 21-14. to If you were betting on this one, I really didn't know what you saw. It was a total head-scratcher. Zach Wilson puts up 145 yards through the air. Tevin Coleman dominates the ground game, 16 attempts. I had my eye on the Ty Johnson usage. Six carries for 42 yards, and he only had one target. That was the big disappointment. Elijah Moore leads the receiving room there. Four catches for 46 yards. It was pretty ugly. Speaking of ugly, you got the Texans. Tyrod Taylor, who people were all over, not really getting why. When I run into terrible offense and terrible defense, I tend to lean with the terrible defense, believe it or not. Good offenses need timing, explosive players, and lots of other things to happen. Taylor only goes for a buck, 58 through the air. He does get two scores. One to Cook, one to Jordan. No player on the Texans with more than three catches. Expect them both to stink in the future. Next big surprise here. I didn't bet it, but I certainly like the Eagles to cover that three-point spread we saw early in the week, even to cover up the four-point spread we saw at close at. Giants end up getting it done 13-7 to in a yuck fest. That was the team of the day. Daniel Jones only 202 yards passing, one pick, but no turnovers. Barkley dominated the load on all offense, but it was only 13 carries for 40 yards, tacked on another four receptions, but only for 13. Galladay leads the way as far as targets, but only reels in three of those seven for 50. Slayton and Ingram each have two catches. Over to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts couldn't get the fourth quarter magic going, only 129 yards passing, three picks. He looked atrocious, forcing balls into bad windows, just throwing awful balls into double coverage. It was his worst game of the season. They did not do anything of note. Miles Sanders, the disappointment here. I thought he'd follow up that 16 carry performance last week with another big one. This time, he only gets 
nine attempts. He does go for 64 yards, but only nine attempts. Not going to get it done. Tack on one more catch for one target. Zero yards. A major disappointment there. Boston Scott gets 15 attempts for 64. He does score, but also fumbles. Nothing doing through the pass game. Devonta Smith only two for 22. Kenny Gainwell leading the way in targets with four. Goes to show you the trajectory of that Eagle offense looking forward. I still think they're very good. The passing game, not so much. The Giants continue to be a mystery at four and seven. Really nothing of merit on this team, though the defense has stepped it up a bit, albeit against lesser competition. Next up, another favorite I had missed on. Again, I didn't bet it. These games were very close, but I did like the Panthers with a week under Cam Newton and practicing. Go into Miami and get shellacked by the Dolphins 33-10. This one should have been a lot closer than it was. Cam Newton, not very good. Five passing completions for 92 yards. No touchdowns and two picks. He looked terrible. Walker got some run later on. Nothing of note there. The big story I mentioned before was the disappointment. Christian McCaffrey, Panthers just could not do anything against the Dolphins defense we thought would be great coming into the season. Was very disappointing to begin and now has kind of stepped it up. I don't know if that speaks for how bad McCaffrey was. Only 10 attempts. That's a major issue for only 35 yards and he only gets one target. Yikes. Good to see DJ Morgan in 10 targets. Four for 103. This team is in trouble going forward. I thought they'd be a lot better and more efficient around the line of scrimmage, but when your passer has a 24% completion percentage, don't expect to do anything but lose. Speaking of completion percentages, Tua Tagovailoa hangs an 87% completion percentage against a very good Carolina D. 27 of 31. Was only for 230. Does get a score and no picks. They looked pretty good on the ground when they needed to even though the yards per attempt were low they got every first down in every critical spot Gaskin 16 for 49 gets two scores Lindsay tax on 12 attempts for 42 so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that already muddy Dolphins running back usage I think Lindsay put the final nail in that coffin play of the day Jalen Waddle catches 9 of 10 for 137 and 1. We always knew the volume was there. The depth of target still not there. The long play was a crossing route, but Waddle's hard to cover, showing some explosiveness in the secondary. Continue to cue him up as a wide receiver too, even going forward. Next up, the one of the favorites we did hit on, Patriots hosting the Titans, favored by 7. I didn't think that was close enough. Patriots shellac. The Titans as well, that one's 36 to 13. Mac Jones looks like an MVP. I'm not a Patriots fan. I've been tracking him all year. Easily the most poised rookie QB in the league. Showing off again. 23 of 32. That's a 72% completion percentage for 3, 10, 2 scores, no picks. Getting it done on the ground in limited carries as well. Harris has only 40 yards on 11 attempts, but he does get in the end zone. Ramondre Stevenson tacks another 46 yards, rushing on only 9 yards, no score. Patriots just efficient when they needed to. Mack looked excellent with the short game passing. Ball spread out everywhere. Jacoby Myers goes 5 of 8 for 98. Kendrick Bourne 5 of 6. 61 but 2 touchdowns. Kendrick Bourne carrying a few of my best ball teams. I knew there would be a pass catcher 
player in New England to step up somewhere. Bournes, Myers, and Aguilar were all going so late. Sometimes in best ball, you're just looking for a pulse. Looking pretty good right now. Kendrick Bourne, that last round pick, doing work. Titans on the other side, really looking terrible. Tannehill, 11 for 21, only 93 yards. This was the yuckiest day of football we could remember. Titans rush attack, though, looked excellent, man. Excellent, excellent. And that was a huge surprise. Deontay Foreman, 19 attempts, goes over 100. No TDs, but fumbles. Hilliard, 12 attempts for 131, a score, but also a fumble. The four-string running back fumbled as well. Too many turnovers for the Titans lately. They are circling the drain. Next up, one of those losses I took on the Moneyline Dog. Pittsburgh Steelers go into Cincinnati and get Molly Walloped. Holy mackerel, the Steelers look terrible. If that was the only Steeler game you saw all year, you'd be telling them to break this team down. Ben Roethlisberger, 24 of 41, 263 a score, 2 picks and a fumble. He looks like dust. It is atrocious out there. Gosh, you just can't watch Ben play or you think he needs to be replaced. Steelers need to be looking at a quarterback. Najee Harris, probably the story of the game. Usage, which had been coming out of his ears, down to only 13 looks. Eight attempts for 23 yards. Tax on three receptions for five targets and 14. Not what you expect. Though everyone is due a floor game here and there. Continue to queue up Najee Harris. But with Ben, the statue looking as dusty as as he has. Don't expect much there. Deontay Johnson with maybe the highest floor in all of professional football catches 9 of 14 for 95. Friar moves tax on a beauty of a catch and a touchdown keeping him relevant in that TE1 conversation. He goes 4 for 40 and a score. Over to the Bengals. They just getting it done. Burrow was very efficient. Didn't need to do too much. 20 of 24 for only 190 a pick and a score. The story of the day was Joe Mixon doing work. 28 attempts from one 65 and two they just couldn't tackle him t higgins finally wakes up and tilted the face off of the entire dfs cash world catching six of eight for one 14 and one jamar chase bit of a disappointment there again he caught some blanket treatment caught three of three but only for 39 queue up both of those guys going forward i was really glad i didn't jump off the higgins train atlanta goes into jacksonville i did hit this one as well falcons take care of the jaguars 21 to 14 falcons have been a perfect example of the sign wave treatment i give teams they were really bad the sign would improve they were looking really good really went down that sparked another downtrend you face some bad comp and it's easy to look okay ryan completes 19 of 29 for only a buck 90 a pick and a score story of of the day. Corderell Patterson comes back. I actually bought some jock market shares before the kickoff and he took care of business. 16 attempts on the ground for 108 and two scores. Catches another two balls for 27. The pass game in Atlanta is kind of getting sorted out in real time. Pitts Second in targets, only behind Gage. Six balls thrown his way. Catches only two for 26. Major disappointment without Ridley. Defensive attention going towards Pitts. Russell Gage leads away, catching six of seven for 62 and one. No one else had more than three catches. Jaguars having trouble with timing on offense. Lawrence goes 23 of 42 for 228, one and one. James Robinson, who I thought was keyed up for a huge game, goes for 86 yards on the ground on only 17 attempts. I love the five-yard average, but no scores and one fumble. That is is a problem. LaVisca Chenault, they talked about getting more work, did lead the way in targets, getting nine of those, caught only five for 33. That's a yuck and a half. Five receptions led the way, 30 
43 yards receiving was third behind Treadwell and Jones. Nobody on the team really standing out. I was backing Dan Arnold early. I think he ended up getting hurt. O'Shaughnessy stepped in, caught three of five for 29. The reason I mention that is the tight end usage in Jacksonville is pretty good. If something's wrong with Arnold, Shaughnessy's probably a pretty good waiver wire replacement. Next up would be another favorite that I missed on. Again, if you follow my work, I carry all my losses out in the open, right on my sleeve. Transparency at the heart of what I do. Chargers go into Denver. Chargers are really hard to figure out. So is Denver. They seem to either look terrible or look absolutely excellent when the Broncos are functioning properly around the line of scrimmage. The numbers are not going to be gaudy, but the production always seems to be there. Bridgewater completes 11 of 18 for 129. He left the game for a minute. Drew Locke comes in, completes four of seven for 26. And you think, how did this team score 28 against the Chargers? They just get it done when they need to. It's drive efficiency, something I talk about on the big show with Matt. Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams splitting the rushing load, but they both get it done. Gordon 17 for 83. Williams goes 14 for 54, but does get a touchdown. Teddy also ran one in. Javonta Williams looking good through the air, catching three of four for 57. Outside of that, the Bronco pass game really hard to back. Sutton and Judy, neither with more than three targets, neither with more than two receptions, neither with more than 25 receiving yards. Broncos, a better real-life team than fantasy team. Very hard to back. That passing offense, one of my favorite football analysts was all over that pass game this week. I wasn't seeing it. It didn't come through. Charges extremely disappointing on offense. Herbert does get it done through volume and garbage time. 28-44 of 44 for 303 and two touchdowns, but throwing two picks. Herbert getting a little wild with the ball. They also were not able to run at all. Maybe something we could have seen coming. Eckler, 12 attempts for 31. Yuck. He was pretty heavily involved in the passing game. Eight targets, caught six of those for 68-1. and one. So we did get there through the pass game, but I do think if you want to be a winning football team, you've got to run conventionally a little bit. I thought this was a good spot for the Mike Williams bounce back. He got eight targets, but only caught four of 39. That hookup has kind of gone south. Keenan Allen still doing his thing. Catches seven of 10 for 85. He has been extremely effective. That connection has strengthened Allen, the guy you want to get behind, but without the deep threat or a run game, I guess it's no shock. The Chargers lose 28-13 to those Broncos, both of those teams, 6-5. and five. I feel kind of like a donkey, but my gut tells me I want to keep backing the Chargers. I like the balance. I like the quarterback play. It just really hasn't come to fruition in a couple games. Two games left. Let's finish up strong as always. Rams go into Green Bay and the Packers. I didn't see this one as a one-point game. I like the Packers by a touchdown, and that's what we got. Packers win by 8, 36 to 28. Two things of note here. One would be the Packers' pace of play starting to pick up a bit. The habitual under, the routine under we were smashing every week. I've backed off of because of the competition, but now we kind of have to look the other way. Packers starting to surrender some points. Let's look at the Rams first. Stafford, 21 of 38 for 302 and 3. You like that, but he had a pick and a fumble. Two turnovers making it hard to get it done against a quality team like Green Bay. Another team that really struggled running the ball. Common thread with losers. Henderson goes 16 for 55. Michelle goes 3 for 14. That's a goodbye. 19 for 69 on the ground. Not going to get it done against a team you need to control the clock against. Cooper Cup stays a number 1 wide receiver. Catching 7 of 10 for 96. Odell Beckham actually involved. Catches 5 of 10 for 81 and 1 on the long touchdown. Remove that 
that one. The line not so great, but he is part of that game. Henderson also grabs four balls for 18 and a score. Van Jefferson tacks on a long touchdown as well. Rams got to get it going. The reports have been Stafford looking injured, not looking right. That kind of materialized even with the yards he did put up. That team is just missing a little something on offense. Other side, green and yellow, green and yellow. Aaron Rodgers doing his thing with the busted toe. I wasn't worried at all. He goes 28 of 45 for 307 and two. No turnovers. Also runs in a touchdown. AR12 getting it done. Aaron Jones did return in limited fashion. 10 carries for 23. Not looking great. Dylan carried the load there. 20 of 69. A bit better. Dylan also had five catches on five targets for 21 and one. You love the usage there. It was a little bit shady with Jones. I could see getting behind Dylan. I could also see not. I would not have started Jones. Devontae Adams, habitual wide receiver. One catches eight of nine for 104. Randall Cobb goes four of five for 95 and one. He left the game injured. I think he's going to be down. I was really big on Valdez Scantling. I was chasing that volume we saw, which continued. Valdez Scantling gets nine targets, but he only reels in four for 50 yards, which frankly, if that's the new floor game from MVS, will absolutely sign up. Generally, Rodgers is a bit more efficient. Anybody getting nine targets from Aaron Rodgers is somebody we want. So I think that's two weeks in a row with at least nine looks. Continue to queue up MVS, another best ball guy ahead just for that potential workload. Looking really good for us there. Vikings go into San Francisco. This again was on my money line dog list. Vikings were ahead. I think they've been ahead by a touchdown in every single game. 49ers were just a bit too much. That Viking defense has not been able to overcome the injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo was efficient when he needed to. He was eh, good, but not great. 17 to 26, 230, one and one. That run game for the 49ers is just excellent. Elijah Mitchell goes for over 130 yards rushing on 27 attempts. I guess he feels fine. Tax on a touchdown. He also reeled in five catches for 35. Debo Samuel, maybe the most, not just electric, versatile player in the game. I mean, him and Cordero Patterson are both RB1. Samuel lining up in the back. Six attempts for 66 yards. That's an 11-yard average. He had two touchdowns. Wow, they didn't have to do much with the air when the run game's like that. Ayuk hold in three for 91. He is back. Other than that, Debo through the pass game, really non-existent now. Four looks, only hold in one of 12. 49 is starting to change the trajectory of that offense, but as long as you're winning football games is fine for the fans, maybe not so much for fantasy owners. Let's take a look at the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, 20 of 32, 238-2, and a pick. He started out really hot. They struggled later on. They couldn't get the run game going. Here's another one. Cook goes 10 for 39-0. and zero. Madison, after Cook went down, came in late. 7 of 21 and 1. 17 attempts for under 60 yards. Just not going to get it done against a team like the Niners, eating up all the clock that they do. Going to have to do better with the conventional run game. Cook was very effective for the air, though, before he left. Caught 6 of 7 for 64. Adam Thielen, the touchdown hog. Two more of those on 5 grabs, 62. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, one. Nine targets, holes in 4 of 83. Pretty good game for him, even with the lack of efficiency. Vikings look like they're going to continue to cook on offense and allow people to do whatever they want in the second half. I did like the odds. They were going off at plus 160. I thought they had a real chance to beat this one. 49ers being pretty flawed. I was worried about the run game without Mitchell. I was worried about the defense. Well, Mitchell came back. The run game was fine. The defense did just enough. Had a two big stands at the end of the game. Minnesota really had more than a decent chance to win this one on more than one occasion, but it didn't happen. K sarah, sarah such is life. Why it's so important to have a very strict risk allotment strategy.
strategy when you're going to be betting football so you don't find yourself with empty pockets after a bad week or two. Like I said to open the show, we're on two losing weeks in a row, and it's like, so what? Big deal. We lost two units yesterday, a half a unit the week before, still up over 20 units for the season. Very last game tonight, one, I could just play some snoring sounds. When the Browns go into Baltimore and lose 16-10 to to the Ravens, total yuck fest. I'm telling you, this, the quality product here is just going in the toilet because it's not even like these defenses are great. Officials are involved. The timing of these offenses are bad with all the injuries. Mayfield, 18 of 37 for 2, 47 touchdown and a fumble. Zero effectiveness by the Browns on the ground. Something nobody expected at all. Chubb, 8 attempts. Hunt, 7 attempts. 36 yards combined. 15 attempts or 36 yards from the best running game in the league. That's not how you get it done. Jarvis Landry did pop up, catching 6 of 10 for 1-11, looking really good. David Njoku was working way up to the number 3 passing option in the game behind Landry and Peoples-Jones. We know Peoples-Jones is going to have floor games like he had in this one. He only caught 2 of 5 for 10 yards without that deep pass. His individual game log is going to look kind of weak. So Njoku going forward, another decent tight end option over to the Ravens story of the game with the turnovers. Lamar Jackson threw four picks, 20 of 32 for 165, as if that wasn't ugly enough, even with a score, four interceptions. He had 17 rushing attempts, though, for 68 yards. Devonta Freeman, he's the lead back there without question. Another 16 attempts for 52 yards. Ravens consistently pounding the ball on the ground, making other teams bring in that extra defender, allowing the offense to work. Hollywood Brown catches 8 of 10, but only 51. Andrew catches 4 of 10 for 65 and 1. That target tree is pretty narrow. Bateman hauls in 4 of 4 for 31. Without Brown, it's kind of hard to back Bateman. Again, that narrow target tree is what makes the Ravens just so appealing. Had you stacked Lamar with Brown and Andrews, sure, they may not have taken you down tournament victory lane in this one, but 20 targets for the two stack options is exactly where you want to be. I'm moving forward with both of these teams in the future. Brown's every Every day, Mayfield can get healthy is only going to help them. I believe they'll get the run game back on track. Ravens lucky to win with LJ having the floor game. So that'll do it with the look back for yesterday. Give you just that quick snapshot of the league. So we're always keeping the information sharp rather than get to the end of the weekend and feel like we're scrambling. That's what you come here for the Daily Blitz. You turn it on. 25 minutes. We're in and out and you leave with all the stuff you need to know. Remember, I'm watching every single game so you don't have to. So thank you for for sticking around with the Daily Blitz football pod and picking up what we're putting down. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You cannot believe how far that actually goes to help out your boys. So tonight, everybody, enjoy the game, enjoy the day, and when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Thanks for tuning in to the Daily Blitz football pod. Peace.